Kaya Talk on Kaya 959. On the street, on the air. Coming up now, we are talking to Margaret Kimani. And Margaret Kimani is an author, a businesswoman. She's a banker, transformational leader and a philanthropist. A very good evening to you, Margaret. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening and uh, thanks for having me. Margaret, you were born in Kenya, but you spent a lot of time in the United States. You're an investment banker and I think a lot of your experience comes from there. You have over 20 years of international banking experience. What really stands out for me is that you successfully developed at the time you were working for Chase Bank. You developed their diaspora banking from scratch and grew it for a few years. That's so important, especially for the continent what was that like yeah good question it was uh, first of all remember i had just landed from the states i was coming back home mm-hmm. uh, and i was actually approached by the former md of the bank to start their diaspora department and it was uh, it was quite exciting for me because uh, as you know i lived abroad and i'd seen all the challenges we had uh especially us kenyans living abroad all the challenges uh you know we we face trying to remit money trying to invest back home trying to support families back home uh and so for me i was very excited of course it was challenging because i needed to go to markets like australia mm-hmm. uh uae i needed to to make sure that we are including all the kenyans living abroad not just north america and yes it was uh, it was exciting and challenging at the same time but at the end of the day when i saw it uh remember starting something from scratch yeah. is a lot of uh you know unexpected or there there are things you actually um, you know, unexpected changes that happen and you re- you realize there's a lot of opportunities out there. So for me, when I, to be able to actually bank one Kenyan at a time, one diaspora in Kenyan at a time, bring on board uh, strategic partners, including bringing on board money transfer companies who had never been in Kenya, who had never actually invested in Kenya. It was very exciting because I got to also work with very supportive Ministry of Foreign Affairs at the time. You know, we had very visionary leaders in that department. So I was able to work with all stakeholders and it was quite exciting. I know, but you say, you know, lots of challenges. I mean, especially when you look at the transformational aspect and having to change mindsets and and change views and getting acceptance. What was that like in, in actually you know, pushing forward uh, your agenda, if I would call it, and and getting them to accept that? Very good question. Let me even shock you further. So when I remember the very first thing was I needed to come up with a product, right? Mm -hmm. So even within internally, within the organization, you could see a lot of resistance. I mean, I'll tell you a very simple example as something as small as a brochure. You know, when you're creating a product, that time, luckily, we did not have coronavirus. So I needed to come up with uh, the product itself, a product development strategic plans and whatnot and you could see already a lot of resistance because remember the people i was dealing with at the time people who have lived in kenya had never left the country Mm. Uh, and i think sometimes when you bring some crazy ideas uh, like one of the projects uh, one of the initiatives i took was partnering with the money transfer companies because it's a no-brainer you know these kenyans remit money from abroad so when you bring certain ideas uh, and remember to me, to the bank, I was more like an outsider. Uh, and a lot of times I would see that uh, I'm bringing very fresh ideas, very crazy ideas, if you can call them. Uh, and for some people, they never saw it. Like, these things will never work. This, 
this chick is too aggressive, this chick mm. is very ambitious. Mm. And eventually, guess what happened? Um, I am very happy to mention her name. The current Ministry of CS, Cabinet Secretary of Sport, was at the time the Cabinet Secretary. She was the Minister, Minister for Foreign Affairs. Her name is Dr. Amina Mohammed. Yes. I think some of you might know her. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she she happened to be the one now. Remember, I'm, I'm working for that, at the time. I was working for a private bank, right? Yeah. Not a publicly list, you know. Not a not one of the you know the 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 Kenyan banks owned here. So I was working for a private bank, and for me to even have had a chance to work with her as a private company, it spoke volumes. And guess mm. what? Eventually, um, I ended up sitting in her board in her steering committee. Uh, we were able to do a lot. And guess what? Anytime Amina Mohammed at the time, anytime she was doing any any foreign, any, any, any investment project, any investment conferences, anything that would out come out there she would ha- she would always consult with me yeah and so we ended up actually the bank this bank ended up actually uh getting actually a voice you know in the ministry of foreign affairs i was heavily involved even in terms of uh, diaspora policy can you imagine as a bank being able to help kenyans abroad uh get involved with the diaspora policy because there was no policy at the time so we were also able to come up with a remittance policy you know before uh the central bank of kenya was not really tracking the remittance uh they didn't have the statistics and uh there are many things there are many things that ended up so even the naysayers <laughs> you know the people who thought this chick is too aggressive, you mm-hmm. know, uh, this chick is bringing some crazy ideas, you know, uh, remittance companies. Uh, I'll give you the one of the companies we partnered with right now is in has ventured in so many other countries here in Kenya. Uh, Western Union was another. I remember one time the former the former CBK governor. We actually went and uh, supported an event for the rugby seven in Las Vegas. Yeah. And guess who came with us? The Western Union, you mm. know. The Western Union, the money transfer companies of the world. So other than doing banking, we were able to actually Kenya to put Kenya on the map. I don't know if you track a bit of Kenya. What happens at that time when 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 I was in diaspora banking? I think in it, every other bank was starting now to uh, you know start their diaspora desk, mm. uh, which never existed. I think only one or two banks had it, and uh, a lot of banks wanted to poach me, of course, <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, it was quite interesting. And, and you know, now the ideas that were looking crazy initially, started, people started asking, coming to me, even my fellow colleagues, other heads of department saying, oh, how can I assist you? And remember, initially, these were the same people who could not even support you print a brochure. You know, they thought, oh, the images there don't look, and, and I'm like, no, listen, this is what Kenyans want. When I'm a Kenyan living in Dubai, when I see certain images, they trick back, you know, they, 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 they are very sentimental. You know, I miss home, you know, as a mm. Kenyan living abroad, I miss mm. home. There are certain images that when I see them, I automatically want to go back home or invest back home or engage. And also information sharing was another. So we created forums and, and initiatives where we would have, uh, you know, um, representatives abroad, um, I'd call them agents now, but these were our voice. I can't even tell you how many tours we've done, um, you know, from London to Khartoum. I remember, so I became friends with all the ambassadors, pretty much almost all the ambassadors. And let me tell you, there's nothing as challenging as you being able, 
you know, I'm nobody. Remember all my life, uh, for 10 years I was in Wall Street. So really I was not dealing with individuals. I was dealing, mm. I was dealing with huge investment funds, the Goldman Sachs, the, the you know, the douche banks of the world. So for me to, to have been able to create these strategic alliances with the ambassadors in different countries, you know, Kenyan ambassadors in different countries, it was quite humbling, you know. Yeah. And uh, as a bank, we would actually, we, we, we got a lot of uh, goodwill, you know, from Dubai, Khartoum. I remember the ambassadors, every time they needed to do investments, they would just call upon us. Um, and at some point, remember, I was a one-man show. I was a one-person department. <laughs> it's funny, when I look back, so I would go to London for a tour. Uh, where I'm talking to Kenyans, we are partnering with AMREF, we would partner even with uh, organizations that actually support, you know, initiatives that are run by Kenyans, just to make sure that we're engaging face-to-face with Kenyans. And like I said, this was way before corona, you know? But <laughs> it also, you know... It all it, it took you a long time. How did you overcome those challenges and getting them to actually listen? You talk about Amina Mohammed. I mean, you know, it, it took a long time before she could actually find a place. I mean, she's in the ministry. She's in the Kenyan ministry in the Kenyan government now. But I mean, if if you don't have other women lifting you up, I mean, that's still a challenge. And I mean, the financial services industry, especially internationally, is still very male dominated. How do you overcome those kind of challenges? And I mean, you didn't start now. You started a long time ago. I mean, we are seeing transformation, albeit very slowly. A very, very, very valid point, and it's true. And I'll tell you, I think for me, um, there's something so special in me, and I sometimes I'm not able to tell you exactly, but a lot of people have told me I'm quite driven. Yeah, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those go-getters. In fact, I I'm thinking you time. weren't taking no for an answer. Yeah, exactly. In fact, one of the articles that the diasporians would write, I know the former bank, uh, Chase Bank wrote an article about me, mm. and I, 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 they said something to the tune of, I'm, I'm very stubborn in what I believe in, and I'm very aggressive. I don't know if it came from my hard upbringing. Um, you know, I'm, when I believe in something, mm-hmm. uh, and because I'm a transformer, when I believe in something, I know, of course, it's very easy to give up. But I think God has given me a special gift in me that, yes, it's sometimes you want to throw the towel, of course. Uh, but when I believe in something, when I start something, I always bring it to a conclusion. Uh, so, so, so um, I think that made me help me overcome. I'll give you an example. The first time when Amina Muhammad called us, because when we were coming up with the diaspora policy, there was a lot of arguments. I can tell you for free, and especially the government officials in Kenya wondering what you know, what it's an, an issue. Why are you even bringing it up? And for us, we were saying Kenyans will not invest back home. If they are not voting, if they do not have, for example, dual citizenship, especially for North America, because majority of Kenyans at the time, even now, majority of Kenyans live in, in U.S. and Canada. So, so, you know, for some of the officials there, you know, uh, and I remember at the time, right now, our current vice president, um, you know, I remember one time when they called us to our physical mission here in Nairobi in the Intercontinental. And I remember pulling, you know, Amina was, uh, they were coming in to a meeting and I just imagine I, I didn't even know that he has bodyguards I mean for me I don't know p- protocols for some mm. reason I don't know I, I am so allergic to protocols Do you know I almost got into an argument with the vice now the vice president is called um, 
I think you probably know the name, but because at the time they were working very closely with uh, Amina Mohammed. And I looked at that photo even until today, I was like, wait a minute, because I was trying to explain to him why this is so important, you know, uh, because already we had had so many meetings back and forth and we felt like there was a bit of too much resistance and this thing need to move. And, you know, we had certain timelines of for when and when and when and when the bill need to be passed. Anyway, long story short, it got mm. passed. So uh, you asked the question of having other women, you know, in yeah. the financial industry, for sure. It, it's not for sure, for sure. You know, there are very few women in leadership and especially you can be, and this is something I wrote about last year in my book. Mm. You see, you can be a manager, you can be a leader, but I always, the, the saddest thing for me, the thing that makes me actually very sad is that, you know, if you're a leader, the reason God has given you a leadership position is to pull, to put, you know, to, to transform things that are not working. And and for me, I think uh, that is the other thing that drives me. So in, in certain areas where you find that there are not so many women, uh, women, I mean, in those positions, it's actually my job mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm pulling other women up and also motivating and, men, you know, motivating even if it's indirectly I mean mentorship mentorship is mentorship is so key I mean you currently head the women and youth banking unit at SBM bank um and, and the mandate really is to educate, empower um, a young woman um, and also to push diversity and inclusion. Yes. So, I mean, mentorship yes, just plays such a critical role. Are you able to do that more now that you are heading up the segment? Yes, 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 absolutely. And not mm. just in the bank. Uh, I actually lost track of how many people I mentor at any given time. Yeah. Because you see what happens that I have so many people who are not reporting to me within the bank, but people who actually uh, indirectly are mentoring. And, and my mentorship is not usually the traditional way. I mentor in a very crazy way. I, 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 I mentor by leading. I lead by my actions. Yeah. yeah. So I know, uh, I'll give you an example, next to my office, I, we have the contact center where there are many girls, very young girls, straight from college, you know, probably this is their first job. And men as well. So so I'm mentoring so many people, I lost count. And also outside of uh, my work, I, I do have, uh, I think I mentioned one of the reasons why I came back home is that I lost my mother. My mom passed on when I was doing my second degree and I know I was really looking forward for her coming home. So what I did is that I adopted somehow God, by God's grace, I was able to adopt her legacy of impacting lives. And I've been mentoring people. I have people from Mauritius, from, I have young girls and boys in Harvard. I have, I can't even start telling you, I can't count. And locally, I I mentor very humble schools. Humble by humble, I mean very neglected, very needy schools. Uh, living below a dollar a day uh, and I continue mentoring these young boys and girls you know because I believe that I'm a product of education I don't know if you 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 might not know but my parents did not even reach class three Mm. you know the lower grade the lowest grade so I'm actually an excellent product of education so I believe that education uh, changes the way you think even if you you know for for people who might not make it to very high degrees and high high you know higher learning uh institutions of higher learning when you're educated there's a there's a certain level of thinking that actually you change your thinking you change your view world view and um, i think education is a very powerful tool so anyway i continue to mentor even
even even I, I actually serve in the presidential digitalment. We do have our Ministry of ICT has uh, a certain agenda to mentor ICT students. These are the ones who are innovating a lot of our solutions that are digital for the you know government service delivery. And I continue to mentor whether within the organization in my estate. This is my calling. Um, actually, I remember the last time I visited South Africa because my my flight had been so delayed and there's a school that actually wanted to see me. I remember the kids being brought to the airport and I my, my tears were just flowing down mm. and I could see the security guards. Uh, they were almost wondering, like, who, who does that? So the, the school teachers were so kind. They came from Soweto. So so they were they happened to be within the vicinity. So they were brought and I had to meet them because I was catching a flight and I just connected from Pretoria. So really, um, for me, even when I go different countries, God always connects me to people that I'm able to, within that vicinity, I'm able to mentor. And, and I think the word has been going out. So I find myself mentoring even in different places and getting those opportunities to mentor. Mm. And for me, I don't take it for granted because I can tell you for free, when I left Kenya, uh, State Street Bank, I, I will forever talk about it. I will forever be grateful because State Street Bank, the same way we are doing in uh, SBM, so they assigned me a mentor. Remember, they didn't have to. I didn't even know what mentorship was. Yeah. I didn't, I'd never come across that word. Can you imagine how sure. ridiculous it sounds now? And and that's how I, I, I was very lucky. This lady mm. was very, very, very tough. And she told me straight to the point. I actually wrote in the book, straight to the point, the first day I met her, she was like, listen, I'm not here to be befeed you. I'm not here yeah. to, you know, not the way I'm saying, but in good English. She said, "You look, I will not chase you around. Uh, whatever we agreed to do, I... I expect you to follow up and you know the list goes on and on and on and so, uh, you, never be the same again yeah no you, you know I, I sometimes it all it takes is just one person to hold your hand and guide you and help you along yes. and 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 you Absolutely. know it just it just continues like that um it was such a pleasure talking to you margaret thank you so much for your time this evening and i hope you continue with this mentorship because it, you're doing such great work out there of course uh, margaret kimani is also an author unleash the leadership giant in you look out for it very interesting conversation thank you so much for your time. Kaya Talk, Monday to Thursday, 7 to 9 p.m. on Kaya 959. On the street, on the air.